0: Hi class, um, today's will be where we... Uh, I'm, I'm, my name is Faisal Bachari, I'm your your uh, macroeconomics teacher, um, and I will be supporting you and helping you uh, for this semester. Um, before we start uh, the presenting chapter one, we probably need to go through a few issues, house cleaning and house arrangement with you. But, before that, let me start with uh, an introduction of myself. As I said, my name is Faisal Bachari. I've done um, my education in Winnipeg, Manitoba, most of them. I did my high school there. And, after the high school, I did my... um, uh, undergraduate BA bachelor in economics and administration from University of Winnipeg meanwhile I was doing a um, a business information system diploma which is uh, uh, in the same time so I uh, after doing my undergraduate studies I started doing my graduate so studies in the international uh, business which is, is partially as economics courses that are macro and micro, because it's an international business, so um, I was active with that also. Once I graduated from my first graduate studies, I Meanwhile, while I'm studying, I was working in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I started working for, in the beginning, as a as an auditor in chartered accounting firms, uh, <clears throat> And then after that, I started working for the United Way, in um, uh, helping the newcomers to settle in this country. Uh, So uh, I... uh, and helping them from um, probably uh, simple stuff, how to get on the bus, until the most complicated things is building their future or applying for income tax or uh, you know teach them and train them on to do this stuff. After my graduation with uh, from my first graduate studies in international business, I get a job in UAE Abu Dhabi and there when I was in charge for implementing um, uh, HR uh, access, I, I'm sorry, HR SAP in, in there. After I, uh, it was a project, multinational project, some people from Germany, from India, from uh, local, we were working together, Amia was the product and the project manager for it, uh, for that implementation. The company was huge in in that size. So they wanted to have uh, have a high end uh, tier one product to serve them. So we selected uh, SAP for them, uh, SAP HR, and we implemented that. A year later, we we delivered a very successful, Um, implementation. So that time when I was uh, selected by h University for Science and Technology to be the HR manager and a professor in the same time. So I was doing a full-time HR and a professor and a part-time there. I was teaching second year and fourth year uh, commerce students, courses in the field of management and in the field of economics and marketing. Then I start working, uh, helping also to implement as a customer side, not as a supplier side, implementing uh, an Oracle HRMS and financial. Uh, eventually I got tired of being in Dubai. Ironically, people don't get tired of being in Dubai. I did. Uh, and then I decided to go back to Canada or to maybe... Uh, go back where I was born, which is I was born in Kuwait there. So suddenly I got a job in Kuwait working for the biggest uh, IT integrated company with a 3,000 consultant in the Middle East and North Africa. They used to have around 28 offices in 22 countries. So I was in charge of looking after... um, probably the, the establishing and development and expanding solution in the field of higher education, uh, mostly. In that time, it wasn't that much about, uh, people don't didn't know that much about LMS, CMS, and SIS, which is you're using, the library management system, which is used now, and we are taken it as a granted, but in that time, there weren't people that much they know about it. So I had to lots of effort so it took me 15 years to establish that business where I decided to do my own business and uh, I had a partner from Chennai where we started working on uh, our first project which is a mobile application for the ministry of HR for Kuwait which is they look after all the HRs and whole uh, government entities so they wanted a mobile application which is we had Uh, I had a team from India, uh, my partner, I had a team from um, uh, Ukraine, a person from Ukraine, a person from Russia, and we worked... Overseas together uh, to deliver this. Um, then we went to Iraq and we started implementing the higher education. Me and the Indian team uh, partners in from Chennai implementing uh, LMS. CMS and SIS for them in few universities. So basically, this is what uh, it's been um, a project. Eventually, I got tired of traveling and being in uh, overseas, so I decided to come back in Canada, where while I'm coming, I, was an, I got an offer from a company called uh, OG Money or One Global Money, which is they provide a solution um, a very sophisticated solution in the field of uh, mobile where it's called VAS value-added service or MVAS mobile value-added service. And basically, you walk into that app and you do all your expenses, you manage your uh, uh, payments, if you make donations or transfer money, all the expenses that you can pay with one hop, one shop there and uh, it was online anyway uh, that was uh, there were so many restrictions involved in it probably you heard of something called fintech and uh, we needed to really accommodate all the restriction because there is a the money involved in it technology involved in it application mobile application and host like a um, uh, Apple and iOS uh, and Android also involved. And so there was a, a big project, and it was the COO, Chief Operating Officer, in Canada, uh, working with different location, which is the headquarters was and the owners in Kuwait. The technical team was in India. The CRM or uh, CRM was in Egypt. Um, there was Um, other, uh, uh, you know, uh, we call them the back kitchen uh, places where we had to operate with them. So it was a very interesting uh, project. Then I started working for uh, uh, a company in Montreal, uh, moving from Winnipeg to Montreal and uh, working for uh, a technology evaluation center. Their job is really when a company wants to place their softwares or something like that or buy a new one we come in the picture helping them to select the best fit software for them and because this is french speaking my family decided no we want to be in english speaking so that's when i moved in toronto currently uh, i teach graduate studies and business information system and i also teach undergraduate studies like you are uh, in the field of uh, uh, of uh, uh, economics, macroeconomics. So this is my life in general. Um, and uh, we, before we wanted to start uh, right away, I wanted to present a few things in your mind. Keep in mind. First of all, the Canadian education system is a little bit different, more advanced than rest of the world education system. Probably, we. We, you know, through professional courses that I was taking to get more prepared. We are now we we shifted this from teaching to learning, and uh, my goal is to help you to learn, not to teach you. So uh, according to this strategy, we will be we have we will be operating with you. Hopefully, things that you learn is better than uh, things that I can teach. There's something funny I like to tell you. Somebody said, well, I taught my dog to whistle, but the dog never learned how to whistle. Well, it's true. So um, my goal is not to teach. My goal is really to uh, te- uh, you learn. So there is different way of communication. The other thing that strength that we have is online. There is a... Uh, no synchronous, there's an asynchronous. I have courses that I do synchronous, and of course a And here where uh, it's a really good thing in a way, because it it suddenly takes you and throw you in the middle of future, where you will, most of your works will be through collaboration, communication, without uh, and virtual, and this is a good chance for you to learn about how to deal with the virtual reality that we are dealing with it now. So, uh, uh, believe me, I found it very interesting because 20 years ago, I had a, I was in a, in a situation where I had to deliver a project in Iraq, and unfortunately, I had one person with me. Who was willing to come and the rest of the team was all over the world so we couldn't have and was a very sophisticated implementation which was a core billing system so we managed to use in that time yahoo chat to communicate with the consultant to implement and go live in a billing system if you know it's a very sophisticated very uh, expensive really later on when things settled down and the application went live in the two operating system like rogers and belt there they had their own um while we came and purchased the whole uh telecommunication sector from the company that i worked for over 900 million dollars so this is really sometimes you need to be uh, an entrepreneur to come and establish things for the company and you have to be a multitasking person ability to utilize the to, the tools today but the whole goal here is the information that i'm going to give you t- these days Is might, some of them will change. So if I don't teach you how to learn, then um, you might be an obsolete after a few years. So our goal really to teach you how to learn because the only constant in life is change and uh, information that I'm going to give you today, some of them will change and you probably need to, uh, you know, update yourself. So bear in mind that the education that we are delivering is much different uh, and a very successful and Canada considered to be one of the top colleges, uh, places to to deliver. And we run according to the approved, uh, uh, approved by college education system. So without further ado, I will um, uh, start with the syllabus and the outline, of the course today. So I'm going to share the screen with you. Wonderful. Now, um, as a beginning, let's talk about the course outline. The course is called by San Clair College a course called Macroeconomics. And uh, it's basically, it talks about the course of, it's an introduction to microeconomics with the objective of giving the college students an overview of basic economic concepts, including the flow of economic among household, businesses, and government employment theories and price stability. And why this is important, plus fiscal policies, the bank, uh, of Canada and monetary policies. These are all will influence if you have your own business or you are involved in a business, all these information, all these data will be influencing the way you work, the way you produce, the way you deal with the rest of the world. I think can, macroeconomics and microeconomics is one of the basic things to understand the business better and the shifting in the business and try to, you know, distinguish between different uh, things in in the in life. Now, macroeconomics is very much connected also to politics and uh, effects of the politics, but also in a free market, macroeconomics is also driven also by the, the demand and supply chain. Okay, so um, there is here... The only book that I can really um, uh, today uh, you can find it, uh, and if it's if you don't if you're not into you know uh, you can use this book for as a reference if you can find it in the market. Uh, it's called uh, Required Tools, The Principle of Microeconomics, Seventh Edition. I've already supplied you with these data as the syllabus and the outline. Now, uh, there is also a backup book for it, which is, I will let you know about the book. If you cannot allocate this, you can use the another one, which is in the McGraw Hell, if you can have access to it. So the whole concept here is you can utilize this book, but also I will supply you with this presentation and also with the materials every time we finish the class. Um, now furthermore, um, there is not much to talk about it here. You have to understand this is what being approved by the college and the, by the government of Canada. It's, this is the education that we have to follow and by the Ontario Board of Education. So we are following the same thing and approach to opening, covering all these uh, uh, outcomes. Now, first, the syllabus is probably most important thing that you need to follow uh, during the year. And it's basically, it is a course syllabus and uh, approved by the uh, St. Clair College. And it is a course called Microeconomics, and the course code ECN110 for the fall 2010 and 2020. And my name is Faisal Bachari, and this is my email. Feel free to contact me anytime you want to. Now, as we said, the course, the, the resource required is called Principle of Macroeconomics. That's another book that you can also utilize. And the grading is. Uh, uh, You get an A if you get between 80 to 100, you get an B between 70 to 79, you get an C between 60 to 69, and you get a D between 50 to 59, anything below that. Now, There is a 20% on the individual assignment. So I would be sending a new assignment and usually if there is a, a, an evaluation of a 20% on them. There is a midterm also, there is a 20% on the midterm. And basically it's almost like an open book exams. You will have like a 10 question, 12 question answer 10. And, uh, Basically, if you don't understand the material, it's very difficult for you to, to answer these questions. So try to understand them because my goal is to make you to understand, to learn not to memorize. So th- the questions will be written somehow that it's driven from your knowledge and you need to write these exams as, as an open book exam. But you wanna make sure that you don't copy and cat because this is, we have a way of finding out and you also will have a way of finding out also. The goal is here is the most one of the most pillar or most important thing is the group assignment and the presentation. Now, this is where I will I really uh, like you to excel on the group assignment group work collaboration and work and we will be introducing some application that can help you in this matter so um bear with me i won't i don't um, i don't want to introduce all the apps that you can utilize in this matter uh, for learning better in the collaboration and communication and um, you know other tools that helps you to to get the materials. We will be introducing every week probably one or every second week something. So this is will be uh, you know uh, learning step by step of uh, you know uh, the today environment working and understanding materials. So. Final exam is also similar to midterm. You're gonna have a 12 question answer 10 or it's probably seven question answer five, something like that. And the quizzes in the participation. Now the participation I might say is a different than uh, attending. Attending is must, but in order for you to participate, you need to attend. So attending is important, but showing me that you understand you participate in the padlet in kahoot in the applications that i'm going to provide you for learning is important for me so keep in mind is worth of around 20% of your your uh, exams and your assignment so this is all what i have if you have any other questions please let me know now i will try to make sure that we can finish one chapter every week. So this is the schedule, course schedules, you can look at them, I try to, if we are behind, I will try to catch up, but we will, you know, manage to do at least one chapter uh, every week. So this is that, and uh, without further ado, let's uh, talk um, about the chapter one. But before I do that, I like to repeat one thing, you need to attend the classes, Um, that's one thing but also you need to participate. Participate is not attending and showing me your thought of use, your understanding of material. These are very important to evaluate your learning processes so I can adjust when learning processes. And don't worry about it. I would not throw all these applications on you to utilize. You will be slowly getting introduced one by one to toward these uh, applications. Okay, so um, here is where uh, probably uh, we need to start with the chapter one. And uh, just give me a second. And Chapter one, uh, principle of macroeconomics. I use the both books, but mostly you will be getting all these data and if you can have access to this book, that would be wonderful. Uh, And it's a very interesting book probably. And let me show it to you. Um, Probably uh, this is the cover is Looks like that, so you can uh, have access to it. Now, this book is um, it's a very interesting one, and uh, probably I would suggest uh, you have an access to it if you don't. Also, the materials I'm going to supply you with that. So, chapter one: the economics, the economic problem. Here, where we have a learning objective, and our learning objective is, we need to describe why economic is very relevant. Why it's important for you? And define the economics and make a distinguish between macroeconomics and microeconomic, we need to distinguish what's a macro, what's a micro all about, and also define the economics itself. And um, demonstrate the scarcities, the limitation, the choice, and the opportunity cost are the heart of economics, making the efficiency and cornerstone sort of discipline. Not, you don't have always a full res- res- resources, so you need to select and, you know, um and compare the cost of the economic cost of it now the other learning objective number four is explain that why trade result in economics being more productive and why we need to do trading why there is an international trade and why it's important why it's productive. Explain the three fundamental, we will explain the three fundamental questions, which is gonna come, and explain the four ways economics can be organized. Number seven, uh, we will be use the production possibility model, which is very interesting and, and sweet to illustrate your choice, opportunity of cost, talk about efficiency and employment and list of the and then we list the list of the economic goals of society and explain why they are often difficult to achieve. Now start up with the relevance of economics. The controversies is we always talk about the economic growth, and uh, we need to, but there is a limited way of doing the economic growth and you see, you know, 12 percent, 10 percent, some countries, one percent, some of them really negative. So the economic growth is, stands for better being as a, 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 for an individual within that country for living, there is jobs, there is, you know, prosperity. income redistribution there's one thing that how we redistribute these incomes is fairly unfairly basis and the road for pricing and the globalization these are all relevant information relevant controversies that we deal with it every day or have it in the back of our mind about it. Now what is economics? Uh, there is a positive statement is the fact that can be verified by empirical empirical data. Economics is probably, um, when we say the, the GDP growth or GMP gross domestic product or gross national product, and we'll be talking in the next uh, few chapters later on, it can be saying that a growth of 10%, 20%, or something like that. That will be. We can show it in the in the empirical data. The normative statement is based on the uh, person's beliefs or the value system, cannot be verified with data. So you will see lots of, especially during the election time, and it's, you will see lots of data uh, presented by who is running the government. The, as a positive and then there's uh, somebody who is trying to be elected in, a, in the next slide something they probably could be a negative so is really sometimes cannot be verified with the data and based on the our belief and the value system um, and then you can see is a very important you see now um, uh, shift in the U- USA's economics that they want to get the jobs back to their countries, and they don't. They want to, you know. Some people says, "Well, let us do the low income jobs and blue collar jobs to be done outside, and have the Americans do the white collar jobs." And and the change to services, and, uh, Trump comes in and says, "No, we will get the everything back to make." America great again, but if it was it America great before, in that case, uh, or just because the other were weak, so uh, we we it is it kind of as an unclear thing. Now, so the positive thing is fact that uh, positive fact that can be verified with empirical data. Keep that in mind. Now, um, I just wanted to see if you did understand uh, these things. so identify of each the following statement as either positive or a numerative. Now, um, for example, things that you can verify it with the data or something that's according to your feeling. Now the first thing is that if the federal government budget this year is... The large, largest in the history. So if the government really have the biggest budget this year, is it P stands for positive or numerative? The national debit, what do you think? And think about it while I will show you the answer. The national debit is at the management level, manageable level and therefore is nothing to worry about it. Every, lots of, all the, most of the com- countries worldwide, they have some kind of debts, but are they, at what situation they are manageable, they, we should not worry about them, and at what situation we should worry about them and start taking down the country. The price of gasoline is a higher than it needs to be. And the rising dollar, Canadian export are creating many new jobs in the countries. So the first one, let's see what's the answer for it. Is it positive, negative? So it's positive sense for P, uh, which is the federal government has a big budget. So there's lots of spending happening and the business is going to boom. Um, the, the, the national... Uh, debt is manageable level and therefore is nothing good about it. This is probably, it depends how to see it, should we have debt or not? And uh, is, is it a debt, uh, can we make that payment for it? Or we, we not? is it getting bigger year by year or getting smaller? So uh, no matter how you feel about it. And the price of gasoline is higher than it needs to be, so that probably we say, well for the consumers of cars and all these things is really expensive but in the same time if you look at it this can help the environment and you know people will be more conservative utilizing less of that. raising canadian exports are creating many jobs in the in the country and this is a very positive thing that will happen now so what is economics economic theory looks at how positive Statement are related uses at this uh, the scientific method. So they are setting up a hypothesis defining terms, state assumption, gather data to test the hypothesis, accept reject or modify it. The process is like this is there is we have a hypothesis, and the hypothesis saying like if we spend more, the business is booming, okay? Um, now, we need to de- test that. And once we test and define the terms and assumptions, then we need to uh, gather the status and approve this idea is it true or not. And once we it's approved, that hypothesis, this there is a positive relation or positive-negative relation between data that we set up, then accordingly, we can accept the theory or reject the theory. And the theory is usually not only in economics, it's other theories in business, in marketing, in different other fields, even in physics and quantum theories, uh, miracle theories, that's all is built on hypothesis. Is there is a, and the hypothesis is built whether there is a relation, what kind of a relation positive, or negative between data and according to that. And if there is no relation, then it will be rejected. So we're still in the field of what is economics. So we, we said that we built an, an a theory and then from the driven hypothesis, the microeconomics is how the major component of the economy interact with each other. So we're not ta- talking about the, uh, the, the small level, we're talking about the major level like employment, inflation, interest rate, uh, government spending. On the micro level, we look at the outcome of a decision by a people or a firm. So, uh, whether the supply and demand, we look at the supply of the market and demand for that product or that sector of service, cost of production, market sector, whether the cost of the unit keeps going down by more production, at one level it's going to go up, whether this is elastic uh, or inelastic for the pricing for this. Now, so these are two levels of a micro and micro level. Now. Just to distinguish between macro and micro level, the, for example, if you look at the price, the average of all the product, products, the price is average price for all the products. In micro, the average of the particular product or particular server, ser, uh, service. Production of the whole economy, the GDP, um, these are the G- GMP and GDP we'll talk about, the whole productions, Versus that company or that firm or that industry, which is that micro and the whole is is a macro Incomes the whole which is a macro is the total national income but in the micro level that professional job or uh, that factor of income Um, Employment overall employment uh, national employment and if you check you can see like uh, this country has nine percent unemployment rate two percent five percent or sometimes go to minus but it never get minus actually but is like a an average of uh, five nine uh, it's uh, unemployment rate might be you know depend on a recession or a booming time but Employment in a micro level, by firm, or industries, or occupation. For example, how many doctors are not working out of job? Also, when it comes to taxes, is for the government uh, how much the percentage of taxes, like a, a value added tax, uh, income tax, uh, national tax, and for the in for an individual or firm, which is that called income tax which is on the individual taxes. So the two different level, macro versus micro. And we look at it as they are established with the different theories and different hypotheses on the field. In this course, we will be focusing on a macro level mostly. So, I just want to test your understanding again, the difference between micro and macro. So uh, identify which of the following topic would be likely appears in a micro course and which in a macro. Um, the price of iPod in which level, macro or micro? Unemployment rate, we said it in the previous uh, slide, uh, is it micro on macro subject? The presence of monopolies, is it micro or macro subject? And the last is uh, probably uh, the rate of employment, uh, economic growth. So the price of an iPod is a micro because the more the price goes down, up the, the 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 lower needs for it. The unemployment rate is a macro issue, macroeconomics the presence of monopolies is a micro and the rate of economic growth is macro. Eventually you will grasp these concepts and these things that you need to put them in your mind. You're going through a theory, which one is works for it. And then you can, can come up with whether this theory is belong to macro or micro. This is how I process it. Now, limitation or scarcities and of resources and choice. Resources are scarce. There's not always a plenty of resources. There is a limited resources for everything. Resources or the factor of production or input are anything used to produce goods or services. So this is what you call the input stuff is the resources. They don't have enough resources to produce everything everybody wants because sometimes you don't have enough manpower or you don't have oil or you don't have uh, sand or you don't it's not all the resources available so you can produce everything you want and there where you must have some way of retention of scarce resources and the resources that you have you have to manage it well The other uh, resources, economic resources, like as I said, the labor, human mental and physical efforts. I don't know if I need 100 people and there's only 10 people, that's a labor thing. Land, any natural resources, like I said, oil to produce goods or services. The capital, it's it's also limited like the cash, the tools, the equipment, the factories, the building. These are the type of capital used in the production and the enterprise the human resource the innovation the, the and task risks also these are as a part of the enterprise which is there could be a limited resources for it uh, so economic resource and the way payment so you get laborers and the way you pay them with the wages they earn wages we have land and the land earns rent the capital earns usually interest, like cash earns interest, and the enterprise earns a profit. So these are the more labor, the more wages you have to pay, the the more expensive the land, or the very strategic, the more rent, they have kind of a a positive uh, coloration between them. Now, let's go back and start doing some more understanding. And it's it's nice to just keep refreshing yourself on this. Um, labor is, if it's indicated by L, capital could be indicated by K, land could be N, and enterprise by E. Sometimes, sometimes you will be running for some kind of things, that might be depend on which hand it is, whether in the hand of the consumer or the supplier, it might change. So if we're looking at the barcode scanner in the supermarket, what is it? Is it a labor, capital, land, or enterprise? If we're looking at the fresh drinking water, what is it? Is it a labor, capital, is it a land, or enterprise? If we're looking at the uh, copper deposit in a mine, Is it L-K-N-E, L stands for labor, K for capital, land for N, and and enterprise. The first application of e-technology to an economics textbook uh, and an office building. A barcode is a capital because it's a product that you they utilize it to uh, for doing the in the supermarket and uh, you, you need it to do your work. Um, uh, the fresh drinking water is a land is a part of a resources sources is like like oil is also a, 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 is a, a, a part of land. Copper deposit in a mine is also a land and the work of a system analysis because as a person is a labor. So a person has to deliver that which is a labor and the first application of e-technology to an economic state is done by a corporation or a company which is an enterprise and an office building is a capital because you have to pay the rent or you buy it, something like that. Now, technology and opportunity cost, we said that the opportunity cost, because the resources is limited, you have to select which opportunity you're gonna go for it and which one you're gonna ignore it and how much it costs you for that. The technology is a, a method of production. In a way, in which resources are combined to produce a good or service. So different uh, supplier, different uh, products, you put it together and you produce some kind of a good or a services to uh, end user, which is, could be another uh, uh, supplier supplier or could be a consumer which is another supplier could be a consumer for you and here's where you look at the opportunity cost the value of the next best alternative that is given up as a result of making a particular choice so it's basically if uh, I have a limited scarcity I have water and this water I can bottle it and sell it or I can Big sell it in a, a, a tank, big tank. Uh, I need to look at this scarcity how which one is a better choice. And if I give up on that, what's the opportunity cost that I'm giving up? So the scarcity forces your choices, the limited resources that you have is forces the choice that you are, and the choice involving in the opportunity cost. So you why you choose. Uh, in the field of services than producing good because of you thinking of opportunity cost. So here is the issues that uh, uh, developed countries, they're moving to uh, more into services because uh, if they go stick with the productions there might be lower income generated. And, but in the service, they're more, so the more advanced the country, the more they get involved into services. That is something you can criticize the American policy today because they are going back to the production. Production is the base thing, but the more you get advanced, you more get into consultancy to service providing and all these services involved. Now consumer and capital goods consumer goods are service the products used by consumer to satisfy the wants and needs now we always talk about product but it's actually goods and service so if somebody is answering your question on on um, a health issue it is part of your uh, it is it is service that is providing you but is getting paid for that service so it is also a product. So a product could be consumer goods or a services. Um, there is a, the capital good uh, such as factories, tools and equipment used to make other goods for sale. You're putting things together and you start producing, you're bringing the soap, the soil soap, bottling it, and you start producing uh, you know a bottled soap. So the factories, tools, equipment are used together, or together to 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 make other goods to for sale. Making more capital goods uh, increases the growth, um, but there is an opportunity cost in the term of consumer goods. So if you choose to make soaps just because there is more demand for the soap and you could be making, producing wheat, for example. So you choose to go with the soap because there's more business in it, more profit or whatever the reason. But when you come to wheat, that's where you lose the opportunity for, you're willing to sacrifice that opportunity for this opportunity. And we'll be talking more about this. Now, just to go back, uh, decide... I want you to decide in your mind whether each of the following is a consumer good, capital good, or both. And we dis- we said that consumer good uh, is products used by consumer to satisfy wants and needs. Capital good are the factories or tools that produce that consumer good. So, a jackhammer, whether it is a consumer good, capital good, or both. A carton of cigarette, uh, an office building, a toothbrush, a hammer. There we say the jackhammer, here is a hammer, and a farm with tractors. A jackhammer is a capital good because you use the jackhammer to produce other things, which is the consumer will be using it. A cigarette, a carton of cigarette is usually the consumer good because he will be smoking it. I hope you don't smoke. And uh, an office building is a capital good because you are utilizing to produce service or consumer good. A toothbrush is capital good because you go and buy it and utilize it for uh, and the best way there is a f- way of thinking. There is a factor who produce this toothbrush. That's a one way of thinking of it to come up with a conclusion. It's a consumer good, or the consumer usually buys it to utilize it for themselves. A hammer is can be the both. As we said in earlier, some stuff could be the both. W- when they can be both. When a consumer goes to place and buy this hammer just to for himself and hammering nails in the wall in his home or something. This is a consumer good. But if the hammer was purchased to make a cabinet or something to be sold, that becomes what becomes a capital good. So it can be the both, depend where you're using it. A farm tractor definitely is a capital good because you're using it to produce wheat and you know, growing uh, uh, in your farm. So this is how you dis- distinguish it mentally. You close your eyes and you think, am well, I'm gonna use this, what's the possibility of using this? And then you can come up with a, a, a good conclusion. Here's where we talk about efficiency versus effectiveness. But first let's define what's efficiency. Product efficiency, a production of an output at the lowest possible average cost. In other words, production production efficiency, efficiency of a production should be at the lowest of and, um effectiveness. In other words, just stick with this example, probably it's easier for you to understand. Production of, uh, but later on we will be explaining what's efficiency and, efficient, uh, and effectiveness and how we, there is a trade between them also. But the product efficiencies is a production of output at the lowest possible average cost. Some units goes up a little bit down, but the average cost is the lowest possible. So allocative efficiency is a production of that combination of output. If you have more than one output that best satisfy the consumer demand. It is what the consumer demand. So you have a combination of different output. And a good example, probably um, in the trade, uh, you will see a trade happening because you you want to meet the consumer demand and you cannot meet the everything of the consumer demand. So you do some trade because in some products, it's easy for you to produce the others, cheaper for them to produce other products. So you do a trade and this is how you satisfy the level of it. So voluntary trade benefit the both parties. And if you're producing... Uh, cars at the lowest price and these guys producing oil at the lower price. When you do a trading, you're benefiting the both because these guys if they're producing oil might be very expensive to produce cars for them and they don't have oil for you. So so a voluntary trade benefits the both parties. The more trade happening, the greater the benefit because when you trade happening products at the lowest efficiency level get traded and because because they became very competitive price wise and average price wise. And applies to, this applies to individuals as well as to the nation. I can produce um, um, paper, uh, wood at a very low level cost because I have so many trees and another person can catch so many fishes because the water is so close to him. We can trade instead of me uh, cutting trees for myself and then go drive away and to catch the fish It probably cost. So we can trade so he can catch fish for two and I can cut, cut the trees for two and one unit I give it to him, he will return gives me one unit. So it's also on the individual level also, the trade is benefit. Think about it on a nation's level. It's also the trade. How benefit each uh, every uh, all the people. So there is a three fundamental question here: What to produce? Should I produce trees or catch fish? How to produce? What kind of technology? Should I cut it with uh, uh, trees? Uh, with chainsaw or a regular thing, the technology that I'm using, and for whom? Uh, all the economic society must answer these three questions. What's I supposed to produce? How to produce it? And to whom I can sell it? I can exchange it with them. Now, probably you think I can sell it. Selling is also exchanging, exchanging money uh, to versus your products. And that money can be exchanged later on for other products. So it's a mean, money is mean of exchange, a tool that helps people leveraging the exchange of products and services. So there is four types of uh, economies. You have the corporations, uh, cooperation, I'm sorry. You have the command side you have the custom and the competition. And usually um, modern countries are usually have a combination of all about uh, cooperation. They have probably command things, you have the custom and you have the competition also available. So it depends mostly in the business, private businesses, you will see the uh, the competition is a very stronger than the others. Now, the production possibility models. Production possibility models is, as we said, you do some exchange cost of economics there. And it's a graphical represent of various combination of maximum output that you can produce from the available resource and technology. So you have available resource and technology. What's the maximum thing you can produce before you start costing you more and becomes inefficient and you're ineffective. And you take an assumption that you have a full employment, all the people are working and use the best technology. These are also an assumption available and you have productive efficiency. So you're just building the bench and you want to see how far you are from that bench, and the bench is kind of a a full employment, the ceiling, you have a full employment, you can manage all this employment, you have a best technology, and you have very productive efficiencies. So, as example here, to make it easier, let's say, if you have an option between producing cars and wheat, that's a very good example, so you have a uh, possibility of output, different possibility from A to B. Uh, you're using the percentage of resources for car. You're not producing any car, so your, no resources is used. So all your output, and you put all your resources in the producing weed, and your output is 100%. Now, if you decided to use a 20% in your, from your resources, you're going to have... 50 units output and if you're using So what's remaining from the hundred percent you have eighty percent and that will produce 95 if you notice here There's a five percent different, but here you got 50 percent 50 units more five units less 15 units more and this is where if you go here you always a combination of this 60 and 40 is 100, 60 and 40 is 100, 80 and 20 is 100, 100. But the units here makes the big differences. So uh, it's kind of a curve of producing. So you're allocating the best combination between how many cars I need to produce from the resources that I have and how many units of wheat I should produce from the remaining resources that I have, which is giving me the best combination that I need. Other way of looking at it. So at the point A, I'm producing 100% wheat and 0%. And, uh, and point B, which is, you know, at the point B here where we decided to give 20% of resources focus on on producing car, we end up doing 50 units. This 20% is taken from the 100% remaining, 80% is in 95 units. So this is where, with this calculation, you can find out the curve, how it works, whether the curve is like this, and where's the best possible point that you can, and you can convert that to a curve that makes it interesting. This is what the curve, All about. So here I have the wheat, and when I'm producing 100% wheat, I'm producing zero car. Let's decide to produce um, uh, 50 cars. So in the 50 cars, I have consumed some of my resources. What remaining of my resources can only be able to produce uh, 95 tons of wheat. And if we are thinking, oh, let's produce 100%, 100 tons of wheat and 150 cars, it's unattainable. You cannot do that because you have a limited resources. As example here, if you look at here, when you decide to make 95 tons of wheat and 90 units of car, suddenly unattainable. And if you need that much, you probably need to import the differences between all these things so the curve because of resource it will be curving down accordingly and at what point you need to be you think it's the best uh, possible now if you said that I'm going to probably at this point you are in a situation you're not fully utilizing your resources and you need to uh, it's attainable but in not fully utilizing your resources which is fine because you are in the process of product, uh, moving now how we can shift this i can show you later on how we can shift this curve to outside we, we and how uh, we make a, a better curve or probably a total shift so the point of the uh, on the curve represent the maximum output possible with available resources, maximum output between uh, um, weeds and uh, cars. And we said because the scarcity limited of resources represent by point outside the curve. So your choice is represent as efficiency versus inefficiencies. And the the representative represented by the points on the curve is efficiency. So this is, these are very efficient. This is inefficient, the inside. So um, so represent by point of the curve efficiency and the point within the curve inefficiency. Uh, opportunity costs represented by, to downward a slope of the curve. As you notice, the opportunity cost is when I'm producing 100 wheat, um, I'm losing uh, any production from the car. But when I decided to do 50 cars, I'm gonna lose five tons of wheat. So this is the opportunity cost. Uh, Involving it, this is the difference of opportunity cost. Looking at the losing five percent of wheat, if I'm deciding to do uh, five five tons of wheat, if I'm deciding to to produce fifty cars, sometimes you decide, okay, I'm going to stick with only cars like Japan, or sometimes like uh, some countries who wants to uh, only uh, producing meat and they two the trade, and we bring back the example. I can do cutting the trees. I can cut trees for two, and the other person will catch fish for two, and I can trade them. Now, on a on a macro level, this country can cut trees, and the other country can do fishing, and they can trade between fish and and and, and uh, what? So the law of increasing cost. Here is where is you start producing and the more you produce, you become more efficient. But at a certain level, the cost will be raising per unit cost. And the factor of production are not equally suitable. Uh, equally suitable, So that if you produce one unit, because you already have uh, overhead costs, these overhead costs, if you produce 10 units divided, the 10 unit uh, overhead cost divided by 10 units if you produce 100 unit the overhead cost stays there and the overhead cost divided by 100 units. if you produce 1000 unit the same overhead cost is going to be divided on that. so the factor of production are not equally suitable uh, as output increase the per unit cost of additional unit increase but how much is verified, it could be lower, lower, gets lower, lower, or at one point start increasing, and there where you start being inefficient and ineffective. This is the same thing applicable for the surface. Give the production possibility curve is about uh, outshift. So, A more cars are produced, an increasing amount of weed must be given away. So, more you decide to do more cars, you have to give away more weeds in a way. Now, let's do some understanding. Say, if the society produce 1,000 units of butter, now instead of weeds, butter, how many guns American example, can produce. So if the society produce 1,000 units, here, let me move the, of, of butter, how many they can produce? So if you notice, bank. If the society is at B level of the PPC, what's the cost of more units is happening? We'll do this calculation. And is the opportunity cost greater from move from the C to D and compare it to A move from B to C? So, as we said, so, If you produce 1000, bang, it's 400. Now, if the society moves from B, which is uh, what's the cost of more thousand units of butter? So it becomes extra 100. What is the cost of 1000 more units? Uh, You have 1,000, it becomes 2,000 here. So if you produce 1,000, you want to produce 2,000, your cost is 400 minus 300, which is 100 units of guns. And probably that will explain to you B to C. You move from B to C, then you end up uh, 100 guns per unit, a uh, thousand units of butter you lose 100 guns per unit and a thousand unit per burn. and move from c to d you lose from 300 to 150 becomes 150 guns and but you add 1000 extra unit per butter so this is how the calculation and the cost is uh, opportunity cost is calculated now, we spoke about how we can move, uh, how we can improve the the production. And as a probably, if we have uh, uh, growth means that economic is able to produce more everything. And this is done when you improve your technology, working technology, you suddenly see a big shift. Uh, if you are improving the technology in both in car and wheat, you will see a full shift in both. But if you're improving the technology only in cars, then probably the wheat will stay as it is, but you need to do the calculation of shifting here. But keep in mind now, we're just going to talk to improve, to, to have a growth in economics is, Improving the technology, technology of how to cut the trees, technology how to fish. Or if we both do that. So suddenly I can cut trees for three and he can cut, uh, catch fish for three. So or, or I can, or I cut uh, t- trees for four and he can cut trees for four. And then we have a, an economic growth together. So the shift this happens when there is an improvement in technology. Now, we said earlier, uh, if the technology improved in one and did not improve in another one, the shift will be happening, improving in technology shift curve. The PP2 can now produce more of either good. We said the shift will be just tilted a little bit here. And as you see here, probably look at it is the car production is being improved. So there is a shift happening here. Now, what's the macroeconomics goals? Macroeconomics goals, and why we're learning that is because we not we need to improve the standard of living. We, we need to do have an economic growth. We have we need to do we need to get in the full employment or up to a full employment. We need to have a stable prices a valuable ba- balance of international trade equitable distribution of income and manageable government debt and deficit later on we will be explaining how we can trade some of this with this now when you have a full employment you might have a, an economic growth but you cannot have a Uh, manage the, the, the inflation the prices keeps going because the spending is going to be higher and people willing to pay more for the same good so we will be talking about each one of them and how it's interrelated to each other there is a microeconomics tools or theories, as we said. There is a, and the government always use them, helping that they can manage things that goes out of the hand or meeting the policies and the strategies of policies that uh, an elected person putting it in, in in online for them or probably a person wants to do that. Is one is a called fiscal policies. It comes from the government as usually. Uh, taxing and the government spending. And later on probably we'll talk more about the fiscal policies in one of the chapters and how it works. The monetary policies is the interest rate versus the money supply. The higher the interest rate, the less borrowing happening and we will talk about that and less expansion and people would will be investing less, uh, spending more. Uh, less, uh, And then the, you have the direct control, which is you putting tariffs uh, or customs, minimum wages, and regulations. So here in the end of this chapter, these things you need to understand well. And you start searching on them, try to understand what they're all about. The economics is a relevant discipline to our society. We need to know about macro and micro economic. The scientific method is used economics, which is divided into two macro and micro. The limited resources, which is the scarcity, choice of choice, and the opportunity cost are in the heart of the economic. Which things we would be trade for what? And the greater trade result. The, uh, economics being more productive. And we brought the example of trees versus catching fish. Number six, what to produce, how to produce it, and how to receive it, are fundamental economic question. And we, we brought an example of wheat versus the producing of the cost. Number seven, uh, things and concepts that to remember, economic society may be organized through Cooperation, command, custom, and competition. You need to look at them and understand better. So when we reach to that part of the the chapters, you uh, in the future, you already grasp the differences between them. Number eight, the production possibility model illustrate the choices, opportunity costs, efficiencies and unemployment. And once again we talked about where's the point where it's inefficiencies and where's the point we cannot reach it because of resources and we looked at uh, you know the curve uh, there. And here's where society has many economic goals which are often difficult to achieve because of the limited resources. So by end of this, we finished the chapter one, and hopefully you had a very starting position. We had to go through all this very quickly, and each chapter will be touching more and deeper information. As I said, we will have a very proactive, very participative course, uh, and step by step, I will be supplying you with more data and uh, inf- information. So I hope you have a good uh, time, and I'll see you soon.